Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, on a gorgeous Wednesday in the southeastern part of Missouri. No humidity today. It's beautiful. It feels like football outside. First college game down here uh, this weekend. They're on the road at Iowa State. That's SEMO. Football's in the air, and we are loving it here on the pod. Blaine, Johnny, back with me again for the week. We're going to start off with our our weekly Hard Knocks breakdown, episode four. I liked episode four. I don't know if if I lowered my expectations or not. Um, and it, it went above, but I really liked episode four. We're going to go through the Chiefs' final preseason game with the Green Bay Packers. A lot of good things we saw out there. Um, and then we are going to move to the Chiefs' 53-man roster. We'll break that down by position. little fantasy time with our boy Blaine Wheeler talking fantasy football. Got a huge draft tonight. Uh, league I care about the most. Listen to this. Fun fact. Didn't do my I, – I got last in this league last year. Didn't do my punishment. So, for not doing the punishment, I have to draft Tim Tebow with my first pick, which is the oh. ninth pick. So, I'll be drafting Tim Tebow with my first pick in the 2022 draft. And um, that will be interesting. <laughs> and we're going to finish <laughs> up with Johnny's final minute. Um Love that segment last week. Looking forward to seeing what he has. He's kept that under wraps. Most of the time, he kind of lets a couple things slip he's going to talk about in the group chat, but haven't heard much from him. Before we get into all that, let's talk to the guys. We'll start with Johnny since I've been picking on him a little bit here. Johnny, how are we, brother? I'm great, man. Chandler, that is the most brutal punishment that I've ever heard from a fantasy yeah. league. I mean, that's worse than like the 24 hours in a Waffle House that some people do. That's, that's worse what than I, standing that's what on I the street do. corner. The Waffle dude, House I would rather do it. that. You're screwed, well, dude. You're it's so over. screwed, man. I mean, that's <laughs> terrible. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's your little he's, – he's not in the league. Tim Tebow's not in the league. I mean, he's been playing baseball since he's been playing football because he got cut from the Jags. So, yeah. uh, anyways, dude, I'm, go- I'm doing great. This is going to be a really fun podcast. Um, the final segment is going to be electric. And we're so close to football. Like, we we actually are. Missouri State plays tomorrow, yeah. I think. In Conway. And, uh, so, I'm – yeah, Bears on Bears. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And just football is in the air. And uh, I couldn't be more excited for this. And I'm really excited to kind of get your guys' opinion on, on fantasy sports, uh, too. It's an avenue we haven't really dove into. Just maybe some references back and forth. I approach fantasy from more of like a DraftKings daily perspective, um, but I do uh, play season long, and I'm interested to hear that from you guys too. Blaine, what's up, brother? What's up? Yeah, I had to text you guys today, like my eight to five production is dwindling because football is so on yeah. my mind right now. Like I woke up before my morning commute, and I'm like, oh, football. Like you just feel the cold crisp in the air. But I'm, no, I'm excited for talk a little bit of fantasy hopefully i'll help you out chandler before your draft and some of you guys you know even some of these that are listening to this will be on a draft with me next week so maybe skip my part but we'll have some fun 53 man roster some good moves i loved it's gonna be a good one let's go yeah let's get into it we'll start with hard knocks guys as i mentioned in the intro here um, I think this one had a little bit more emotion in it. I think like the kind of the drasticness of where the team has to get to uh, by the end of the preseason game kind of hit pretty hard in that episode. I honestly think it hit more for me because of this podcast specifically because we talk about it so much more in depth. Like we bring it back up, um, we talk about it, but 
with, with the Chiefs, I mean, like in terms – like you see it on the Lions, like you see it um, on TV. Um, you don't really get to see it as much on here. So it really kind of puts into perspective, like the guys – I mean, what they go through to grind, to get cut. It's got to be a horrible situation. But um, <laughs> the Lions game was not very good against the Falcons – or no, not the Falcons. Who they played in the last game? Who was on the episode last night? Indy. Indy. Right, Indy. Yeah, Indy kind of controlled that game. Um, Freaking, was it uh, was it Tim Boyle? What was he doing last night in that game? Oh my god, it was awful. Horrible. And then, um, and then they go and play. Uh, he played horribly against Pittsburgh too in the final game. Oh my god, horrible. So interesting episode. Curious to hear what you guys' thoughts are on that. Um. The Lions, I kind of tend to agree with us last week uh, with what Johnny said. They might just kind of stink. But this episode had a lot to do with Goff, and it was good to see there because I believe in Jared Goff. I think Blaine does too. I think Johnny might even as well. So we're a Goff pro or a pro Goff uh, podcast. But Blaine, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was good. There's those fringe guys that they highlight that I – you know, I really get attached to, and I was tweeting you. I'm, I'm excited for next week because obviously, when the cuts come to to get those hearts heartstrings pulled, but um, I still think what's his name, Pinkleton or Pinkle? You know, Pendleton. He's just, he's just bad, and I'm, I, I know he's going <laughs> to get cut sometimes. He's just bad. Dude, he had that touchdown. How do you miss that? I think he if, he sucks. Catches that, if he catches that, he's on the team. I'll say it right now. He might be, but I mean, he's getting replaced by tomorrow if he's if he made the roster yeah so i i don't have much to say other than that i just was like kind of anticipating for i feel like this was a lead up for next week in the full 53 cut yeah johnny yeah i've got some stuff to say about hard knocks but i do think uh i mean guys like the whole drama aspect that hard knocks has had year in and year out of you know leading you through episodes with a select few fringe roster guys and you're wondering if they're going to make the roster and I mean that all the luster is gone from that I already know who got cut from the Lions it's all over Twitter like we all know we all know who's getting cut from this team already and so it kind of takes away from that aspect of hard knocks and so um, that kind of changed things for me a little bit uh, with the episode Um, some other uh, pieces that I had um, they they really are making you buy into Jared Goff. I I think the three of us are more bought into Goff than others. They made him look really good, and my goodness, his fiance is attractive. That I, yeah, I agree with the fiance part, but I don't know that they've been doing that good of a job showing how good Goff is. I mean, that was his first like real like on camera stuff in the series. I thought true, but. In that episode, then, I think they spent a good time on the quarterback. They showed some behind-the-scenes stuff of coaches talking about him, ball placement, a bunch of different things. So, uh, I think think that they're comfortable with Jared Goff going into this year. And I don't know if he factors into the long-term plans uh, going forward, but they they certainly made you buy into Jared Goff. Um, I like this Craig Reynolds kid, Cutstown University. Wow, that is super cool. Cutstown, Pennsylvania. And uh, this is a guy who 
uh, I'm, I'll just spoil it for you guys. He made the initial 53, and I think it's well-deserved. Looks yeah. just like his dad, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool seeing his dad on some of the footage. Rodrigo is dope, and for how um, infatuated we were with Goff's fiance, I thought Rodrigo's mom was pretty freaking hot. If she listens to this, sup? Uh, <laughs> and his dad and brother were super cool, like you know, meatheads like him. So uh, I like the Rodrigo kid. Um, and then last yeah. thing I'll say, and I'll kick it over to you. I'll kick it back to you, Chan. Um, Yes, my confidence with every episode is weakening uh, with this team. And it keeps – like, I like Dan Campbell. I would love to have a beer with Dan Campbell. I would love to just pick his brain or listen to him talk about football. But, like, he's just, like – he's just got to quit doing some of this gimmicky stuff. The player-led practice did nothing for me. Like, these are professionals. Like, you do not have to do a player-run practice – as professionals, I don't think, especially when you're this close to the season. Um, so, you know, from the speech with the dust off of the pants to the player-led practice, like I don't need to see any of that shit. And frankly, uh, it seems kind of amateur. Chan? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that his mindset on that is to try to just get something that like boosts a little bit of morale. Because like it did seem like they went out there and had a good time. Like I think it was just a way to get closer as a team. But, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, you you kind of tend to want to lean more towards a New England Patriots-style camp than, like, what the Lions are doing. I don't think the Chiefs had a player-led, player-led practice. Um, right. So, you really did nail uh, hit the nail in the head, if I said that correctly. <laughs> that would kind of trip me up for a second. Blaine, what's up, brother? Yeah, we're talking about golf and how they did highlight it a little. I thought Amon Ross St. Brown is, like, the only guy that's going to get catches, but – he seemed to be pretty confident in Josh Reynolds. Did you guys catch yeah. that? Uh, at yes. least a little bit, and that struck my eye, at least. I don't know from a fantasy perspective if that's going to be any kind of a radar, but just from awareness of who the Lions are. Still no Hawkinson. Still he's no gonna, Hawkinson. He's not exactly. going to be He's not going to be in the fifth episode because that's all going to be all about getting cut and behind the scenes. Like They're not going to do anything about him in that one, so it's like, what – what is the deal with that? I mean, he's right. a top – I mean, in just terms of football, he's a top five tied in, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I in, terms so. of, in terms of talent alone, yeah. um, I think he's insanely good. But, yeah, I, maybe they don't have a connection or I, – I don't know what's going on there. But no running backs in this past episode either. No Jamal, really. No DeAndre. Craig Reynolds, I guess. I guess they, they shadowed – or they showed him a lot. So, that was good to see. Great point by Johnny. I forgot about him in that episode. It's also crazy that his from the last episode, his brother is in prison or whatever. So to see him doing well is always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so too. And uh, yeah, like they showed his dad, and his dad was in the stands. Like I don't know. Like I just I like that whole journey of the guy who went to yeah. Cutstown has been a fringe roster guy on like what his fourth team in four years, or maybe even his fifth team now. Um, in 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 four years and so it's just cool uh to see that Blaine you got something on Reynolds yeah yeah I do it just whenever they were making cuts he was like if the offensive line knew that Craig Reynolds got cut they would have our heads that's who they were talking about when they were going around that circle and that's cool to see his personality and I'll talk about a chief that I think uh kind of has that same and is on the roster a little bit because of that but also because of talent but I thought that was cool to see and how they picked Craig like for sure yeah yeah it was cool 
So like said, he defined every, like he embodies everything about their team, which I like, I like that. Like that is not gimmicky. Like when your team is trying to find an identity like that, like that is not gimmicky. Right. Player led practices and speeches with like, you know, Andy Reid is not brushing off pants with dust on them to try to get the guys motivated. And, and I've said this oh. point before, like, this is not, this is not collegiate or high school athletics. Nobody's forcing these guys to be there. They're there to earn a paycheck. So like, if they don't have the motivation to get to work, they, then they, then they should be fired. Like they, they, they should, they will be replaced by somebody else. And we can't go without this too, guys. I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be really good. Like, yeah. I think he might be the, like, he, he's going to be really damn good. Yeah. yeah, he's going to shatter the number one pick, Trevon Walker, in terms of just overall career. Um, I think the Jaguars really, really messed this one up. And I think now it, it probably isn't very fair because we're seeing him in, in, in practice. We're seeing him behind the scenes. Haven't really seen much of Trevon Walker, but you just got to think that he is not doing – I mean, the kid's first play was a roughing the passer penalty. Now I know – it was kind of a weird call, but like, still, come on, seriously. Are you good, Chan? Did you cut out? Yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> I, I think it, I was I think chatting it in the chat. Yeah, I was, I was sending heinous messages in the chat to our listeners right there about the unfortunate circumstance that our Lord and Savior David Blau, or as I call him, David Blow. Uh, got cut. They did a really good job trying to make you fall in love with David Blau. Uh, but unfortunately, we've learned uh, yesterday, I believe, that he got cut. And the, the reality is, like, again, he's a nice guy and everything. It, it's kind of, you know, jokes for the podcast. I'm a psychopath, so I actually firmly believe my hatred for him um, based off of these minuscule things. But the reality is the Lions realize, like, we cannot go into our season with our backups being Boyle and Blau. I mean, if, if golf goes down, it is, it is a, you know, a, a forest fire that's going to happen. And I saw that they brought in Nate Sudfeld, who was a backup for the 49ers, who's actually gotten some uh, meaningful time in the league so far as a starter. So um, toodles to David Blow. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. He just, and he, I felt bad too, kind of, because he was getting rocked in Pittsburgh uh, to finish oh, that game damn. out. Yeah. I mean, dude, <laughs> to get back up, it does show. I mean, the kid, the guy's tough. You can't take that away from him, honestly. You really can't. I mean, that shit hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, one of the players tried to. One of the players, like he got, he got leveled, and one of the players, he, like tried to hold his hand up so one of the Pittsburgh defenders would help him yeah. up. And he did it. I loved it. He did <laughs> Walked it. right by him. <laughs> or easy just kind of looking at him in his lazy boy chair in the fucking backfield like, sorry, dude, I'm just going out. God, that guy's an idiot too. All right. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Great episode. Last episode, right? We looked that up. The fifth episode, fifth and final, will be next, next uh, Tuesday. And yep. uh, we will break that down for Wednesday's show. Let's move forward to Chiefs final uh, preseason matchup. We won't spend too much time on it. Um, Chiefs beat the Packers 17-10. to 10. I think the story of the day was honestly Shane Bouchelle, in my opinion. Played himself into a roster spot. Absolutely went off. He was 11 of 16. Oh, excuse me, 11 of 17 for 166 yards and two scores. Um, threw them both to Matt Bushman 
uh, the tight end. I don't. I have never heard of him until Thursday. I'll openly admit that. Um, went to BYU, I believe. What a freaking what a freaking job in the preseason. But unfortunately, uh, as I believe it was Johnny who said this, football man. Uh, he goes off in the preseason game next, and, and then he breaks his class. It was his collarbone, right? Broke yeah. his collarbone in the game. Uh, really sad to see. But it seems like he's going to be around. The Chiefs don't really want to get rid of him because um, they seem to be trying to do whatever it can to keep him like on injured reserve or whatever. So who knows? Um, but all in all, a great game. Defense, first-team defense extended its streak for, to no first downs. Huge hit on the sideline by Trent McDuffie. I know he went to the concussion protocol, but um, we've noted we've noted several times that you know, first off, he's going to be fine no matter what. He'll be back for Arizona, just given the time he had to sit out. But also, NFL probably preseason ramps up the concussion protocol um, stipulations a little bit more. I expect him to be full go against Arizona, but his willingness to come up and tackle was great to see. The freaking defense is continuing to impress me. I was really glad they got to play the first series, honestly. Willie Gay was absolutely flying around. I mean, he is fun to watch. If you can't enjoy watching him play football, I don't know what you want to do um, other than that. He is an animal, and he seems to be really kind of settling in, calming down a little bit, and just playing football the way he needs to play. I think the story of the night was the defense. Jordan, I, we can, this can be a sub-story of how good our defense looks. Jordan Love is bad. I mean, he is bad. I don't. I really don't understand what the Packers did there. I, I'm completely out on him. Love to hear what you guys have to say about that. But for me, the story of the night is the defense. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys. You guys mentioned the offense, whatever you want to do. Johnny, you take it away, buddy. Family, you pretty much covered it all. Um, the the number one thing that I took from that game was, like you just said, that Jordan Love is bad. Um, yeah. I mean, really bad. And did he have a, a couple of, of completions? Okay, yeah, great. But, I mean, the, the Chiefs had, like, their third stringers in early in this mm-hmm. game and uh, in the first half. And so, yeah, Jordan Love, I mean, that is really puzzling that the Packers with Rodgers traded back traded up, you know, into the first round, uh, traded up in the first round to take Jordan Love and didn't communicate that with Rodgers. It makes me think all the way back to, you know, when when Smith was the quarterback for the Chiefs and they were going to take Patrick, they made it blatantly clear to Alex that they're going to take him. They made it clear that you are still our guy for this year and then we're going to move on. And it just seemed like that was just a much better approach than what the Packers did. Rodgers is a kind of finicky guy anyway but uh he obviously didn't like how they went about things and for what i said about you know david blau and and is it tim boyle for the lions being um options that you cannot afford to have on the roster i'm prepared to say the same thing about jordan love if aaron Rodgers goes down this team is absolutely screwed and um you know of course like if if mahomes goes down like you know like the team is going to be screwed as well but what we did see by having a capable backup is if Mahomes goes down mid game the game's not lost we saw Chad Henney win the win the Browns playoff game so um you covered it all with the Chiefs side of things Chandler I like Brian Cook's interception on the defense but uh yeah. the main takeaway was god Jordan Love is is bad I I was able to be there in person and I took two different things than what you guys Darius Harris won himself that job solely off that game 
there was a possession where three straight tackles to force three and out yeah. himself. That was freakish. I mean, yeah, one was. was a sweep. Uh, he had to go across the field. One was up the middle, and then one shedding a offensive lineman, Green. and then coming down on, on a screen. screen. Yeah. And he read it in the middle of it, stopped in his tracks, and went there sideways. That was a great play, a phenomenal possession. And I was fired up, man. I was Darius, Darius, you know, and I was like, wait, that's Darius Harris, right? Not like, I don't know, DeAndre or DeMarcus. I had to think for a second, but I'm glad he won that spot. It was really cool. And then I think another guy that won a spot is Ronald Jones. We've been talking about him a lot. I've been talking about him all offseason, but going eight for 43 and the 43 came off of uh, his first run were, what, eight of them? when he hit a linebacker in the middle of a hole and went another five yards. I mean, that's what you wanted to see. And man, that fired me up. I mean, I'm glad the chiefs made the decision to carry all these running backs because it's like I said, been talking about Burton, maybe having to do that because we weren't going to get Rojo. Now we for sure do get Rojo. Um, Just glad to see him with the first team. Yeah. I love seeing too, how we're using Burton on short, on short yardage because that's just putting it on tape. You have to try to defend that. Then you don't give it to Burton. You go Ronald Jones, and all of a sudden you're at the game for 10. Exactly. Because they suck down in there on the fullback. So it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, he really did play his way into a job. He ran hard. Uh, you mentioned the li- hitting the linebacker and falling forward. God, that's just what Clyde does not do. He does not Can't. fall forward. He literally gets hit and either falls down where he is or he gets driven back. And so far – uh, Ronald Jones in this last game and Isaiah Pacheco all preseason have been falling forward and running forward and running hard. And I love it. If you give this offense, you give Patrick Mahomes a running game, you're screwed. You really are. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. So I, I would I would give that as a red flag to the rest of the league. You better not let us start running the ball because it's, it's going to be very difficult for you to beat us. So. Great game. Um, cannot wait to see it, what we do in Arizona. Um, confidence has to be at an all-time high. Anything? Any final thoughts on that, boys? I, I don't know if you want to mention the defensive line and just the decisions there. You, I mean, you keep Malik. Um, you keep Josh. Dunlap, obviously, and Clark. But with, with I feel like what Clark now sick again and – you know, are you, are you for sure okay in that inside with Dottie Saunders and then Wharton as your backups? You're, you're seeing more bodies because I don't know how much they're truly in on those. So. Well, let's, that's a great way to segment into the 53-man roster discussion exactly. that we're going to have now. Yep. So nice. we're going to start with our offense and we'll move into the defense, Blaine. Yep. So we will we'll, – uh, we're going to go over it right here. We're going to go down the list. Uh, final cuts. Chiefs have gotten to 53 officially. Um you know, I'll give a free shout-out to Arrowhead Pride. Big time for them to bring it down on their website. We got it right here. We're going to go over it right now. Um, quarterbacks, no surprise, obviously. You know what? I'm not even going to really talk about the quarterbacks. I'm going to talk about this, how dumb it is on social media, like either team accounts or somebody else's accounts, like saying, oh, we think that Josh Allen's made the 53-man roster. It's like, it's like no, no shit. Like, thank you for letting me know. Like, <laughs> like none of us would ever going to figure that out. Just honestly, maybe that sounds like an old man, but it really kind of ticked me off today seeing those. Or maybe it was yesterday. But um, quarterbacks were obvious. Patrick Mahomes, God. We'll move to the running backs. 
Uh, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get whoa. in there real quick on quarterbacks. I do okay. like this Chandler. The guy, the people, first off, the people who post those like stupid fucking tweets that you're talking about are such booger eaters. Like they're such I nerd know. losers. They're like, oh, well, actually Patrick made the roster. Like they're, they're not funny at all. But the quick thing that I wanted to sh- say about this was I don't think the Chiefs have carried three quarterbacks on the roster since Matt Moore was around. And they didn't do that every single game, uh, making him active. What I think this says, and kudos to Shane Buchel for for making this initial 53, this just tells me that the Chiefs were not confident that, you know, because guys in the practice squad can get picked up by other teams. So, like, I think Shane played well enough to where if he was put on the practice squad, uh, the Chiefs believed that he'd be gone. Somebody else would nab him up and, um, they obviously want him him in the fold. And one quick thing that's perplexing, too, I'm guessing he's going to be getting a different number. Shane wears the number six. Brian Cook on the defense wears number six. And so uh, I think, you know, Shane's never made the active roster. So I don't think NFL teams would do two people with the same number. And if they do, uh, maybe you guys could confirm that. Anybody? Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. I mean, they play different sides of the ball, so theoretically it wouldn't necessarily be an issue, but I think that – Jersey yeah. sales are the issue, though. Like, the, the NFL with jersey sales are not yeah. going to let two guys have number six. So, right. I think that even though he's a rookie um, and Shane, you know, Shane's been around longer than Brian Cook, I think Shane's going to be the guy who ends up changing his number and – who knows what that uh, will be, uh, Blaine? I think I saw your finger up for hand up. Did you have anything? No, I just a short one. Like, there's those fake Twitter accounts too, like burners that are like, "Ooh, and the Buffalo Bills cut James Cook," and I buy into it every fucking time I see. Yeah. They do that little number next to their uh, to their name. I'm like, God dang it! I have to look every, it up and yeah. so I don't get burned. It happens all the time, dude. It get, some of that stuff gets me all the time. So <laughs> it's not just you, Blaine. There's, there's... Go ahead, Chan. Go ahead. It's nothing. Okay, moving to running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, no surprise, uh, unfortunately, I guess. Jerry McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Ronald Jones. Absolutely love the depth here um, at the running back position with those four right there. I um, think it just gives us a different sort of running back in every single in every single guy. Um, when Clyde is playing well, he's a good runner. He can catch the ball well out of the backfield. Um you know, when he's not, we won't get into that. Jarek McKinnon, great out of the backfield, can run the ball. He runs hard. I'll give him that. Just not as not as physical as the next two guys I'll mention. Um, but still a really good running back. Isaiah Pacheco and Ronald Jones, they're going to be your everything guys. They're going to try to catch the ball. They're going to have to run the ball hard between the guards and the center. Um, and they're going to have to do some dirty work in terms of pass blocking too. Um, I, you know, maybe it sounds like old of me or whatever, traditional guy but they are so important in pass protection um they have to be willing to block and they are a huge part of the protection especially if a guy passed from the home so um i love the running back room boys anything quick who is the guy this is a quick comment who 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 is the guy of those four that you are just plug and play right now um are the most competent in and why is it jarek mckinnon <laughs> right. Yeah. No, what it is because of what the playoff run was last year. I mean, he won the job. And that's kind of what I was going to ask too on the flip side. Who is going to win the job by week seven out of those four, too? 
Is it McKinnon? Is it Pacheco coming on strong? Because I don't think Mojo's your every down back. Obviously not. No. It's always on there to be. So my quite my answer to Johnny's question is: Is it crazy to say Pacheco right now? Yeah. The way the kids run in the football, I don't know that it's crazy to say that I would I would not have him start week one. Seriously, I mean it's it's Jarek for me because knowledge of the playbook, right, NFL yeah. experience, and then you just go you know on the field stuff, right? Ability to run on a, and then catch and pass block. Like, out of all the four guys that we have, if you were to pick the best uh, person for the job, it would be Jarek McKinnon. But uh, I firmly hope Pacheco just becomes a stud. Yeah, I agree. Uh, move, let's move forward to the uh, – well, well, Michael Burton. Got to shout out the Broadwurst. Only fullback that made it. Awesome to see. Um, we'll move to the wide receivers. Juju Smith, no surprise. MVS, no surprise. McColl. No surprise. Sky Moore and Justin Watson <laughs> are the five that make it. Love this receiving room. Um, I think the sky is the limit, literally, for Sky Moore. Nice. Um, McColl takes strides. Prove us wrong. You stink. Juju, Marquez, they got to be big production guys. Juju's got to be – he's got to be so elite across the middle. Um, it's ridiculous. Like, he's just got to – all in the middle of the field along with Travis Kelsey, and this offense will be really good. I love the receivers, boys. I really do. New look, different. Give it to me. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a group that you're not really thinking about special teams as much as you have in the past roster. So, like, I think that came in yeah. back. So, these are all guys that will play, play ball, catch balls. Watson, you know, friends, you might see him out there. But um, I think we talked about special teams quite a bit with when we talked about this group in the last few pods. It yeah. just didn't go that way. No, there's not going to really be any any sort of special teams impact, in my opinion. I mean, maybe Sky Moore or McColl returning punts, but that's right. it, really. Sorry, Johnny. I think no, no, sorry. I, I I think Watson will be out there on like punt and kick. Um, I I I was convinced that, and we've seen it in the past with Marcus Kemp being on the roster. They've carried yeah. six receivers for a long time. I was. You know, shocked is too much of a word. I was surprised that they uh, cut Doris Fountain. I thought he was going to be that sixth receiver in your special teams guy. Um, but they brought him to the practice squad. He's a guy who's going to be on the active roster and up and down, kind of like that in baseball, the guy who's between AAA and the bigs. Uh, that'll be Doris Fountain. But, yeah, super excited for this room. Um, you know, I, if, if we get to next Wednesday, the first – legit practice with an injury report and like juju is limited with a knee i'm gonna start getting real nervous because i'm 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 firmly convinced he's gonna have a career season i mean this guy had 97 catches with big ben as his quarterback and antonio brown on the field and um this guy can do a lot of good in this offense and if they have a competent running game here in kansas city juju is just going to feast with all the misdirection and play action that will run so hopefully Juju's knee uh, is is okay. Um, I I have no reason to think that it won't, but that is one thing that I'm monitoring. Yep. Um, one more thing I'll mention about special teams. I can see Justin Watson being on kickoff or something yeah. like that for oh, sure. Yeah. He's he's yeah, gonna man. have to have he's gonna have to have some more value than just a receiver. Uh, moving forward to the tight ends, uh, no surprises here. Blaine's obviously Travis Kelsey. Got to mention him, but 
Blaine's boy, Jody Fordson, big hey. for the kid. Good to see. Really athletic. Excited for him in the red zone, boys. Really excited for him in the red zone. Um, Noah Gray and Blake Fell, who uh, Blake Fell will be on the IR, I believe, his heart of the year. Noah Gray, just a guy who's staying consistent, getting better day in and day out. Excited to see what he can provide for us. He's going to get some meaningful snaps. It might not be 20 a game, but it might be 10. And those 10 are going to be important if he's on the field because they're not going to put it – they're going to try to get some trickeration going or whatever out there. So, Noah Gray, continue to do what you're doing. Welcome back to the club, boys. Tight ends looking good, huh? Agreed. Noah Gray has to be a factor at some point. And like you said, yeah. Chandler, it's going to be sparingly. You lose Blake Bell for a little bit, and the Belldozer is one of – you know, he's a top three to five – run blocking tight end in this league and they throw him the ball sometimes and so uh Noah Gray and Jody are have to step up in that regard and uh we talk about Jody Fortson being a red zone option when he got hurt last year they threw the ball to Noah Gray a couple times in the end zone I specifically remember a fourth down and goal touchdown on some misdirection and play action um that Mahomes threw to Noah Gray a similar play that they run with Jody Fortson. So, um, yeah, Blake Bell's not going to be there for a while. I believe Elijah Lee on the defense will end up taking his spot. That's what Twitter said. But Travis, Jody, and Noah are going to be big contributing factors. That's that's just the tight that, – that's everybody on this offense, guys, and that's why I'm really excited. Like, yeah. the Chiefs offense has been so centered on Tyreek and Travis for so long for good reason the ball is going to get spread around to a bunch of different guys. And I think it could be really exciting. Exactly. Absolutely. what I was. Yeah. Three guys that can do three different things. And that's a beautiful thing to have. I mean, you can draw the line between gray and Kelsey a little bit in pass catching tight ends, but in Jody being able to line up at the, at the far side and catch a back corner fade. I mean, that's just something I've said before, but chiefs have never had, thank God he made that recovery. I, I just didn't know if this day was ever going to come. <laughs> yeah love it love it boys let's move forward this is my favorite group of the entire team i think besides the specialists offensive line is so freaking awesome i mean just, it's wait. so good it's so good and orlando brown jr joe tooney creed humphrey trey smith andrew wiley Jerron christian nick allegretti who seems like it's his 20th year in the right. kingdom welcome right. back to the squad nick allegretti Keep yeah, like Nick Allegretti, he's been in the kingdom for a while. Prince Tega Wanagohu, hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad, and Darian Kennard, Chiefs draft pick this year from Kentucky. This offensive line is shaped for greatness. Um, there are really no weaknesses. If you had to have one, it'd be right tackle Andrew Wiley, but come on, kid's been around the league, knows the playbook well. Been a big staple on Chiefs teams that have done insanely well in the in recent past. I have a ton of confidence in him. Boys, talk me down, or are we all on the same page here? No, no, no reason phenomenal. to. Yeah, Blaine, you go. No, I don't. I don't have anything to say. There's no reason to. The, uh, the only thing is, Kennard. I maybe thought that he was going to show a little bit more through training camp preseason. I was a little excited about that, but that didn't kind of come to fruition. So I'll see how he progressive is. If Wiley can be that starter, but that's my only question. Brett Veach talked today um, he with the, the KC media for about 20 minutes, and I recommend uh, yep. anybody listening or if you guys haven't heard to go check it out. Yep. His only comments about Darian Kennard were that 
uh, in, at Kentucky where he went to college. It was just such a run-heavy scheme. Coming to an offense in Kansas City, which is like the most pass-centered uh, scheme in the entire league, probably had a bit of a learning curve. And so, um, but it, but he made the initial 53, which is great. And Chandler, I think it's pronounced Prince Tega Winogo, but okay. yours was way yours was way cooler with Winogo who. Jeeves. <laughs> oh, one nega who you know I don't mind that really. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, Johnny. Honestly, Blaine, you should vocalize that. Johnny, great pull from the Brett Beach presser, dude. Didn't even know that went on today. Johnny Rowe is locked in. He there might have sources per source. <laughs> That's one of the, good I, finish you know to the camp. That's all we're looking for. Good job, Knar. Johnny, I know that you were chirping the per source the other day. I kind of like the per source. It's kind of like a – it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, dude, I – whenever per source is like fingernails on a chalkboard for me, it just irks me because I know the person who's – the person tweeting per source is like just such a beta. I just – it's so bad. Like, per, yeah, how many per sources is that guy scrolling the Twitter feed like us? Yeah. Oh, that looks good. I'll say per source too. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. We're gonna continue to say it. It's kind of the figure it out pod stick. So <laughs> here we go through the defense. Defense. Um. Uh, you know what? As as unfortunate as to say this, or defensive tackles is where we're gonna start. I don't love the. I don't love it right now. Chris Jones, Derek Nadi, Tashawn Warden, Colin Saunders. Um. Obviously, Chris Jones, one B defensive tackle in the in the league, but. He just has no help, dude. I mean, Derek, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know how to feel about Derek Nottie. Um, I'm kind of talking myself down off of where I was from him, I think, a couple pods ago. Tashawn Wharton, I think, you know, great story. Um, I don't want to talk bad about a smaller school guy, but I just think that the league is, like, kind of passed him by. I just don't think that he really – you know, I, I think if he were to get cut today, I don't know who's picking him up is really kind of my thing. Um, and then lastly, Colin Saunders, I think he proved himself into a good into a good role. I think he's going to provide good minutes. I just really, really worry about this depth. I really do. And the talent, just the talent across the board is just not there in terms of – I want these guys to be good, and, I want, and I'm rooting for them, but I just don't know that they have it. Johnny, let's start with you. The word that I wrote down was shallow. It's yeah. just shallow. And so it just plays off of your point there. Chris Jones is amazing. And so it's good to have a guy like that in the room, but I am just not about these other guys. And I want Blaine to get some good time to talk about Colin Saunders because I, I I, did like what a lot of what I saw from Colin Saunders, but the red flags like did show up a little bit. Blaine and I right. text each other at the same time in that third game. There was a snap where he just got absolutely abused yeah. um, on a on a on a running play that was right at him. And that's where you get scared with somebody like Colin Saunders because he'll give you some good snaps and on surefire pass downs. That's where he can win. It's just I had and it's because he hasn't been on the field, frankly, but he hasn't developed to be an every down player. And if he's one of the four guys that you have, um, man, that's to me that seems like you're you're pretty thin there at that position. Derek Nadi is a guy who, uh, you know, made it through his rookie contract with the Chiefs and uh, didn't get picked up by anybody else. So the Chiefs signed him to a one-year small deal. 
Um, and then I'm with you, Chandler. Tershawn Wharton is so undersized. I just I, – I, I'm pretty pessimistic about this group, but the saving grace, the silver lining is that one of the – you know, 25% of this group is the second-best defensive tackle in all of football. Right. Yep. That, I mean, you got to keep that in mind, and you're right. And I'll go ahead and go in on Colin, and because you guys know I, he's my favorite player on the Chiefs, so just I, I was worried, and I spoke about seeing Craig Reynolds Lions, like how much of a locker room presence. Like Colin is a true locker room presence. His personality, I firmly believe that the Chiefs cut him and brought in Shelton instead, and then maybe Colin's going elsewhere. That locker room is like, what the fuck? Because he's he's like that dude humongous personality but flashes that's that's kind of what that's kind of what this whole detail like okay you can make a few plays but i'm gonna need it out of every down and they i just don't see this depth being able to give you every down at all shelton does go to the practice squad which was good because there might be some flipping of the roster there to where if you you know you truly need him and he shows well in practice, and then we can bring him in and be a true run stopper if that continues to be a problem. And I think that's something that's been a little bit underreported is, is him getting to the practice squad. But that's that's really it. I don't have any other thoughts. Yeah, let's get to the defensive ends because I think that could help uh, guys like Danny Shelton, maybe some depth in the D tackles room because they seem to have kept a lot of DNs. Frank Clark, George Carlotis, Carlos Dunlap, obvious, uh, Mike Dana, who – Malik Herring and Josh Kando, who is also – I don't even know who that is. But um, uh, all jokes aside, I mean, I kind of – I don't mind the, the top three there at all. Um, you can plug and play guys on either side of the line. Mike Dana, I know we joke around about him, but he does provide you a little bit of depth there, ability with, you know, playing experience and whatnot. Um so I, I don't mind this group. And then I think that Malik Herring and Josh Kando, now, Blaine made a good point about Danny Shelton being on the practice squad. I mean, dude, those guys are movable. Move those guys down to the practice squad and bring Danny Shelton up if you need to for a week. So I think they're doing that maybe for some flexibility. Um, don't have much more to say about the DMs. Come on, George. Come on. Yeah. Let's move the linebackers here. Um, we definitely know what we have. We already mentioned Darius uh, Harris. Um, we'll let Johnny go a couple minutes here on Leo Chennault. We know how good he is flying downhill. And then Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. They are going to be some sort of story this year. One of them is going to be a story um, in this league. They're going to be up there on some all-pro teams. Um, boys, any, what do you guys have on the linebackers? Johnny, you start. You just got to pray that Bolton and Gay stay healthy. I mean, because yeah. if they do, what a dynamic group. I mean, just the two of them on the field, I, that, that's all they need. This team's going to be in nickel or dime all the time, and that's what they want to be because Spagnolo is just so good at coaching up D-backs. So um, I'm so excited about Bolton and Willie, Darius Harris. Kudos to him, and, and Harris made a – Blaine made a good point. Like he is one of the guys who is on this roster because of how he played in that, uh, that final preseason game. So uh, big shout out to him. Uh, when okay, Blake Bell, it. as yeah. I mentioned earlier, when Blake Bell goes on the IR, which he will, um, Elijah Lee, local kid per Twitter. Uh, per source. Twitter, yeah. Per source <laughs> is going to be on the active roster. So, um, I thought Elijah Lee looked good. 
Jermaine Carter was a guy who played every yeah. game last year, uh, was a starter for the Panthers, a uh, guy who I thought was going to be maybe a Sam linebacker for this team, would get some reps. Nah, he's gone. He got cut, and it's because Leo Chanel is on this roster. Guys, this guy is going to be amazing. Did he get a ton of run with the first team? Not a ton of run, but um, I went to the second preseason game, and he was out there for a couple of snaps. But this was the guy who was all over the place, with the second and third team and, and beyond that. And the team was totally confident already with this guy. I've said it from day one. As soon as Leo Chanel, because on rundowns, he could play in the NFL as a starter right now. As soon as he can hold his own somewhat, if he gets singled up in pass, uh, pass coverage, this guy is going to be just like glued to the field. He is exactly what you need as far as, you know, what you hang your hat on as a football team. Violent, athletic. Um, good hands. He can, you know, bat a ball down or intercept it. And just guys like him and Carl Loftus are going to be so big for this defense going forward. And then you pair that with Bolton and Gay. There's a lot to be excited for. And and Leo Chanel, I did see missed a couple days of practice in concussion protocol. NFL is very finicky in particular about that stuff. I don't see that being an issue at all. If, if he's not practicing by Wednesday or Thursday of next week, then maybe the antenna will go up. But um, I think he's going to be totally fine. Get used to Leo Chanel being in the concussion protocol because he is not afraid to stick his nose anywhere um, and and hit guys. So I'm guys. I got to get his jersey. Yeah, yeah you do. You do. I just for the linebacker group. I imagine Andy Reid holding the magnet with Elijah Lee's name and Jermaine Carter's name and being like, you know, here's the pro here, the local guy with a lot of pull to the fans. Or Jermaine Carter with the veteran experience. He's been playing a lot over the last few years. Like that was what I, you know, and obviously you take away Jermaine Carter, he's going to go somewhere. He, he's no longer available, I don't think, for our practice squad. But what they did and being able to move around Elijah Lee and with the Blake Bell IR stint, that was just very interesting to me because I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall on, on the decisions uh, that they made. Yeah, that. for sure. Great point. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a special group. Let's move to the last uh, position on the field. We'll go secondary. I'm going to combine these because, you know, they're kind of interchangeable. Legereus Snee, Rashad Fenton, Trey McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Chris Lammons, Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, Brian Cook, and Deion Bush, who had some couple big hits on kickoff. Deion Bush against the Packers. Um, love to see that from the special teamers. Um, but uh, – you know, I think this group has potential, and it's. It, I really don't know that I can say anything more. Having seen what I've seen in the preseason, I've seen their highs, I've seen their lows. I, there's nothing else to say, I don't think, about this team. We have who we have. I have a lot of confidence in the top three um, in terms of corners. I have pretty much confidence in all three of our safeties. Not so much Deion Bush and a little bit not so much of Brian Cook, but I would trust him if he was out there. Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed, obviously, huge trust. So the secondary, it's going to get better as the year goes on, but I don't have my expectations high for the first few eight eight weeks of the season, really. Devon Key and DiCaprio Boodle, like they, those type of players would have made this team a few years ago. And that it's a beautiful thing to see us hit on Brian Cook, us hit on Jalen Watson. Us hit on Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, like all those young guys overcoming 
uh, Devon Key has been fighting for the battle for years or, or those guys who've been fringe practice squad, fringe roster guys. Nope, we're going young. And we believe in we're yeah. going young because we drafted well. That is awesome. That was a, a kudos to Brett Veach and a kudos to the staff for going with it and believing in it because they're talent. They're more talented. We saw it. We saw right. it throughout the whole preseason. Yeah, and we're going to see them tested early and often. Um, youth is a big thing with this group, but there, there's also continuity there. Like, like these guys are young. They're going to take their lumps, but they're going to grow as pros together. And uh, I really hope that it's a tight-knit group that sticks together. Super pumped for Trent McDuffie, like I mentioned before. Brett Beach is willing to trade up into the first draft to take – um, somebody like McDuffie, I think he's going to be amazing. And then the last point that I'll make too, last year, your special in last few years, um, Dave Tobe always has his hands on the roster, your special teams, fringe guys um, that uh, you've, you've had as Marcus Kemp and Armani Watts in the past, those guys are gone. And, and the new guys who will fill those roles are going to be Chris Lamons and Dion Bush. Those will be your four phase special teamers that have to have a position uh, attached to their name. I'm yep. pumped for the roster, guys. Chandler, nice job. Yeah, that's great. That's the Chiefs 53-man roster. Um, really excited, boys. Arizona is right down the road, and we will be at – God, what is the name of their stadium? Is that Phoenix University Stadium or Phoenix – State Farm. Is it? State it's Farm State... now. It, it might be State Farm. Huh. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm – not, I think that's what it is. What's, we can pencil it in, and I'll look it up. It used to be the University of Phoenix, I think, or something like that. You could take classes there and go to a Cardinals game. <laughs> All in one session. Yeah. Hey, one point that we uh, – it's okay, so State Farm Stadium is the name. Um, thank you, Johnny Rowe. And uh, nine – this is you're, – you're seeing Brett Veach as a general manager grow because last year I ripped him a bunch, and it, it was just because I was pissed off, I think. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't totally fair, but – you know, Brett Veach's first draft was a disaster with the whole Breland Speaks thing. We've seen Brett Veach over the years really grow as a general manager. Nine out of the ten draft picks by, by Brett Veach and his staff this year make the Chiefs' initial 53-man roster, with the only person not being is Nazi Johnson, who was their last pick in the draft, and he's on the practice squad. So, um, again, big ups to general manager Brett Veach. Yep. I love it. Great job, boys. Awesome. And now I will be turning it over to our co-host, Blaine, taking us through a little fantasy football here. Something new for the pod. Um, you know, Blaine's going to take it and run with it. Blaine, what's up, brother? Yeah, believe, believe me if you want to. Don't if you don't. Two-time fantasy champ. Um, yeah, I, I, there's, there's not like uh, – I'm not really going to go through that like one through 14, those guys that you got to have, because all those guys, you know what you're going to get out of them. I really think there's so much turnover in the NFL this year, new quarterbacks, new systems, new things that you can point out and get value with some guys later in round. So for example, you know, I'll start with wide receiver as we go through here and you guys please speak in whenever you have any say on these, but but like I, I, I drafted Cortland Sutton this year. Tim Patrick goes down. Russell Wilson hasn't had a wide receiver under a top 15 season since 2016. You can get Cortland Sutton as your wide receiver 20 in round, what, three, four? And he can be a wide receiver two and completely yeah. produce for you. 
Um, same with Juju Smith-Schuster. Johnny, you said it earlier, like he might have an 80-90 catch year and you can get him at wide receiver 29 just because no one knows what the Chiefs offense is going to look like. He could yeah. be the one and by far the one and you could get him at wide receiver 29. So that's my viewpoint of fantasy this year. Yes, get a Justin Jefferson. Yes, get a Jamar Chase or a Mike Evans who's going to produce. But those two threes win you the league every single year. Yeah. Um, any say on any like guy, two fringe guys that you guys have a, your eyes on? Well, I just want to say I completely agree with that. Um, it, there's so much buzz with the fantasy community now, and it's partially because there are so – if you were to compare like 10 years ago to now, there is so much fantasy football content. And really, guys, like at the end of the day, like it's all the same shit. And so where people have to start differentiating themselves to get you know more clicks or more views – is to say some crazy shit like I, I I don't really buy into this whole like zero RB strategy right where you just you know take a whole bunch of early wide receivers blah 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 I think wide receiver is such or uh, running back is such a pivotal position right. like you got to get your staple guys early on it is it is such a big deal to get like maybe that big that bell cow back that you can have and then you know maybe you have one other guy who's who could have a breakout year, and then later on you take some flyers. But getting that staple running back is so huge to your roster construction that, yes, Blaine, I agree, you can find wide receiver gems just as the draft goes on. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know if, like, it just depends on who you ask or what, but, like, like, like you can get a guy like DJ Moore later in the draft who I think is a great player has never had less than 1,000 yards in a season. So, like, guys like DJ Moore and – and 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 Pittman and Juju, like these are kind of guys that I like to build my roster out with, because because if I have that staple back, the McCaffrey, the Taylor, the Eckler, the, the the Dalvin Cook, like these guys are are so good that going forward, like if I just have one of those plugged into my roster, I just I feel really good about how how things are going. But but I will say though to close this out, like now that we've seen how guys like Cup and Jefferson and Chase can produce grabbing one of those guys with your first pick and then snagging a running back on the way back is also a good way to go about it going wide receiver wide receiver early is something that I just don't fuck with bad news yeah and that's exactly where I was going to go at this you can get your number one wide out but that you know and moving down Javante Williams running back 10 you can get him around pick 19 or so I mean hell say Quan is I know the injury concerns, yeah. but he's going running back 14. Kamara. You can get him around 28. Kamara's going running back seven. You can get him around 16. I, I truly don't believe in spending so much capital on your running backs early if you're per se you're like five or six and cook and all those good guys go first. Go wide receiver, bank on getting a Javante Williams in the back because those guys have the potential to be a massive number one. Um just as some depth here, I, th I think I got to mention always looking for that rookie guy that's really down low, maybe like really, 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 really late, maybe a waiver wire. Jahan Dotson, I think, is going to have a nice year in Washington. Mm, yeah. Look out for him. Alave's going too Penn high. Uh, I think London's going too high. That's just is too risky for me. Wait, hold um, on. Do you think Olave's going too high? I think he can have a really good year in New Orleans I for think sure. Especially if Michael Thomas keeps doing his bullshit. Pardon my language, but. 
No, I think you're right too, but I just don't know that wide receiver room is so loaded because I like to mention Michael Thomas is going like wide receiver 30 through 40 and he's done it before and he's going to be really yeah, good in that offense once. too. Um, and then uh, just a few other wide receivers. I'll move to running back and try to keep this short. Brennan Ayuk going wide receiver 41. He had six. He had more receptions than Debo six of the last eight games for San Francisco. Look out for that. And then Alan Lazard's going wide receiver 40. Aaron Rodgers, number one receiver, has never not produced. He caught 40 balls last year. Aaron Rodgers completed 366. You know that's going to double or triple. Um, could yeah. be a 1,000-yard candidate. He had 500 yards last year, a guy that, that could just pop on the scene. So It's a really good call, Blaine. Really is. I forgot about Lazard, for real. Really yeah. good. Lastly, I'd like, like I said, I'll kind of go on running backs. I like Ramondre Stevenson behind Derek um, Harris at New England. I think he can grab more touchdowns. There were 18 running back touchdowns last year in New England, and Ramondre only got, I think, five of them. So that's going to uptick. Um, and then Let me ask you, you a want, question real quick about yeah. running backs. Can I ask go a ahead. question? Yeah. What are we doing about Damian Pierce? Marlon Mack cut is the only real option in Houston. For some reason, well, first off, he's going late. He's going really late. So if you need him, like some sort of, I mean, he, where I'm seeing him going in some of these mocks I've been doing, he, like, that's a steal and a half in my opinion. Absolutely. Do we raise him up? Do we try to get him a little bit earlier than maybe you think? It matters what your board looks like, man. And there's no secret to fantasy. If you have two receivers and you have a running back and he's there, get him. But if you only have yeah. one receiver, get your receiver because you right. know that they're going to produce. So, but also Houston has said how much they're going to lean, lean, lean on the run and his I stocks is going to continue to go. So that's going to happen. And late, I say like last round, add Rex Burkhead, Adam, back up. Just of, I mean, just a waiver wire late add. But that's late ad, Dontrell Hilliard with Derrick Henry. I seriously disagree with that, Blaine. No, that's, it's just a guy that doesn't matter on your roster, that you don't know right. what can happen. Like a guy you can add it late on your roster, too. Dontrell Hilliard is back up to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, look, I don't know if he'll ever be the same. And if not, Hilliard had a hell of a year um, whenever Henry was out. 6.3 yards per carry. Um, just was phenomenal. A late and then guys like Rashad White at, at uh, with the Bucks, Isaiah Pacheco and James Cook, all those guys have chances of winning their jobs by week seven or eight. So I have another question about running backs. Yeah, and Johnny, you can answer this or Blaine, doesn't matter. What are we doing with Antonio Gibson this year? Because last year you're out. I'm not I'll let out. somebody else draft him. I mean, somebody yeah. else can draft him. It's my whole thing with Damian Pierce, too. Like, his ADP is yeah. just going to go up and up and up until the start of the season. You know, a guy that Damian Pierce reminds me of buzz-wise, it's, it's these rookie guys that have burned me in the past before. I'm going to let somebody else draft him because the last rookie that I was super high on that totally screwed my team was uh, when Royce Freeman was on the, the Broncos. Like, I just I, – I fell in love with this rookie running back. The same thing happened with Clyde. Clyde was not good either yeah. as a rookie. Like, there's just all this buzz around these rookie guys. And, and, and if I get burned by Damian Pierce being a really good value in the eighth, seventh, or eighth round, and I, I think he's going to go before that going into next week, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable getting burned 
not having yeah. taken somebody like Damian Pierce. Like, the, like this is just my whole philosophy with everything. Like if you go into the first round, like let's say that. you have let's say you have the seventh pick in the first round, right? Here's a scenario that I, I was thinking about today. Like so you have seven and then you have uh fourteen. Would you rather have Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs, or would you rather have you know, Justin Jefferson and then like having to decide between your number one running back being Javante Williams or Aaron Jones. Like I, I would personally rather get the staple in Dalvin cook. I don't go into drafts ever. And this is when I talk about McCaffrey pretty soon. This is going to be the main point. Like I never draft with the whole, like, well, he might get injured philosophy because these are running backs. Like they are going to be injured. So I would rather have like the Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs than the Justin Jefferson, Javante Williams for start to my draft. And that's why I always get that running back early. Yeah. And that's the latest value I have as a running back is Saquon at 28. And then like you can guess on Ramondre is he's your two, you're fucked. Simple as that. Great point, Johnny. So yeah, great and, point. My stayaways. I don't know if you guys have any stayaways. I really don't want anything to do with Lenny Fournette <laughs> this year for some reason, guys. Clyde. They're getting old. That offensive line sucks. Clyde. And then Devin Singletary. I've seen going way yeah. too high. Way too high. The, I don't get the hype. I had him last year, and he was terrible in fantasy. Good running back, right. but horrible in fantasy. Yep. I mean, and especially with James Cook. I don't understand why James Cook's not getting more buzz. He was a beast at Georgia. I mean, I know I'm kind of contradicting Johnny's point about rookie running backs, and I agree with Johnny. But come on. I mean, a Georgia running back, you got to have, you got to put a little stock into. Remember the last one that was there? Oh, what was his name? Uh, DeAndre Swift. So it's like, come on. These guys are legit dudes. So, you know, I'm it. I, Devin Singletary, too high. Continue, Blaine. Sorry. Last tight ends, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. I'm getting a little long winded, but I'll, I'll point two out Hunter Henry, you can get as tight end 11. He had the second most touchdowns out of a tight end last year behind Travis Kelsey, and he's going as the 11th guy. Just get him. I, I think in that offense sucks so bad, they have no other option as a pass catcher. And I then – little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And then I, I, there's been a lot of buzz around Cole Komet. He going at 10. He could have 100 catches. Irv Smith in Minnesota system, you can get him really, really, really late. I mean, like you can just wait on tight ends and then – a guy I picked up with my very last pick was Mo Alley Cox out of Indianapolis. Matt Ryan uses the tight ends. Mo Alley. Pittman's the only guy that's going to catch balls if Alec Pierce doesn't produce. We'll see. I, I just kind of like that guy. Johnny, you got any yeah. others? Yeah. So tight end is a position that I absolutely despise in fantasy. Um, I, in the, the league, the season long league I care about the most with my high school buddies that we've been doing for a very long time this year. Uh, change the rule to where you do not have a dedicated tight end position. You have a pass catcher position, so a wide receiver or a tight end. And uh, it's just so amazing because, yeah, like, you know, it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews for me, you know, maybe Darren Waller are going to be in play. But I don't have to do any sort of research about how I'm going to fill, you know, Mike Gesicki or Robert Tunyon or Tyler Higby into my roster. I don't have to go into games now. I I will be for my DraftKings teams, but for this for this league that I really care about, like I don't have to care about, you know, 
Mark in or uh, uh, Tyler Higby going for three catches and 17 yards and how that's going to impact my roster. So I do like the guys that you brought up, but if there's anybody out there that is also frustrated by the tight end position uh, being putrid, uh, I I would challenge people to maybe change um, their rankings, but I am, I'm trying to get Travis. I think Travis is going to, especially in full point PPR, Travis is going to just beast. Massive. Yeah. And all those guys you can get late that I said, like value. I truly believe if you go tight end early, that's not Travis Kelsey. You're screwing yourself because all those wide receivers we mentioned earlier. So, well, one other tight end I have to point out too, um, Pat Fryermuth. I think he could have a big season with Pittsburgh. I really do. Um, nice. A new new quarterbacks. Uh, they're looking for the tight end. You know, Trubisky's looking for the tight end if he's a starter. Kenny Pickett will be looking oh. for it. So, yeah, Mitch. Hey, quarterback. The- Look for the tight ends. Quarterbacks, go ahead. Easiest throws to make, normally do a tight end. Red zone, tight end. I'm telling you, Fryermuth is good in the red zone. So, that's a good – That's a good. if you want to take a tight end at, in the 13th round or whatever, Fryermuth will probably be there. Yeah, could be, could be. Might and as well have a fullback position if you're going to have a tight end <laughs> position, if you ask Lastly, quarterbacks, I'm drafting Kirk Cousins in every league I have, and I'm waiting till the end, and I'm just snagging him. And I had to say that for, for, for shits and gigs for you guys, but, I mean, he's been bottom 14 in pass attempts over the last two years and is still thrown to the leading receiver in the league uh, with Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's going to explode with new with the new offense, and you can get him super late. Also, look out for Jameis. He's done it before, and he has a ton of weapons, too. All right, boys, I like that fantasy corner there. That was actually really sick. Really like that fantasy corner there uh, by our boy Blaine. Great job. Um, Fantasy draft. Actually, I've got one here in about 18 minutes. So, with that, we are going to turn it over for Johnny's last thought. Second week of the segment. uh, See what Giants come up with today. Johnny, floor is yours, brother. Well, my last thought is going to be – kind of polarizing I, my last thought this week is it's just not going to compare to the very first week that we started this segment if you listen last week we paid tribute uh, to the late great len dawson an absolute legend and so i'm going to do my best to try to um at least carry this on in, in a pretty good way um, also tune in next week as i go through my full page of notes why you should draft christian mccaffrey over jonathan taylor but we're going long on time and uh, I got to make my case for that at some point. So the message this week, I'm going to speak to our female listeners directly. Sub chicks. Mm. Um, the message is the message is centered around guilt. Women need to not make their man feel guilty in any sort of way. Now that football season has finally gotten here. <laughs> um, by the time. First, the kickoff happens next Thursday between the Rams and the uh, Bills. Football fanatics like the three of us, good, hardworking men who absolutely are obsessed with the game of football, will have made it 207 days since the Super Bowl, since the last NFL game. I'll break it down for you even more. That's 4,968 hours. I'll go even further for our female listeners. There have been two seasons of The Bachelor, one season of Love Island, and a new season of Bridgerton, which you probably made your guy watch since the last NFL real game happened. 
and you do not have any right as a woman to make your man feel guilty <laughs> at all for spending all of his free time watching football. Now, let me paint you an even better picture, okay? You know, if you want him to go with you to the orchard or the farm or some stuff place to take Instagram pictures, you should have done that the 207 days <laughs> that you had before football came back. And I'm speaking from someone who's married to the absolute greatest woman in the world, and she loves football. But if you want to spend time with your man during football season, learn the game of football. It's really fucking awesome. And he'll and your man will help you learn the game too. You can learn the lingo. You can you can you know become familiar with the players. Do not make your man feel guilty at all for watching football. And here's what you do. Here's the chess move to our female listeners. Let him watch as much football as he wants because there will come a point when he realizes, holy shit, all I've done is watch football. And he will choose you over the football. And there's no greater gesture that your man could do than picking you over football. It will make you as the woman feel warm inside and rewarded that he picked you over football. Do not make him feel guilty. Learn the game of football. Maybe pick up a new hobby. And let's all enjoy this amazing football season. And that's a wrap. That's the final word with Johnny Rowe. Another successful episode of the Figure It Out podcast. Excellent job, Johnny. Really well surmised. Back next week, episode five, Hard Knocks. One more week closer to the Chiefs opening the season. We will probably have an injury report. We'll be discussing um, several other things. John, and even, well, you know what? We might as well do another Blaine's Fantasy Corner, and we will finish with Johnny's final thought as we did this evening. Boys, I appreciate it. Have a great one, okay? Set the tone early, man. (laughs) Later.